Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Tax Policy Podcast. My name is Aaron Taylor, along with my colleague, Alan Paseski, here at uh, Global Business Alliance. And we just want to outline for you the contours of the most recent package announced between leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manson from West Virginia. It appears there has been some dancing in the dark between the two of them. Um, and over the past two weeks, they have now come to an agreement on what is being titled the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And so I'm just going to go through some top line numbers here. Uh, the total revenue raised is approximately $739 billion. A lot of that is raised via a, a book minimum tax, a 15% corporate book minimum tax that raises $313 billion. In addition to prescription drug pricing reform, which would raise about $288 billion. In addition, they have proposed funding the IRS uh, significantly, uh, which would then raise an additional $124 billion. And in addition, carried interest, which has long been uh, bandied about and discussed here in D.C. at least over the past 10 years, would raise an additional $14 billion. So the total revenue raise is again $739 billion. Total investments in the bill would be about $433 billion. $370 of that would relate to energy security and climate change, and $64 billion would relate to the Affordable Care Act subsidies, which would be extended for a period of three years. So you may have noted that the revenue raise certainly exceeds the total investments, and Senator Manchin has been very adamant that a piece of this go toward deficit reduction, so there would be just over $300 billion paying down the deficit. A lot of reporting on this over the past couple of days, uh, specifically that, you know, as Senator Manchin two weeks ago called off the deal, he, you know, two or three days later went back to Leader Schumer and said, hey, you know, let's keep talking. And Senator Manchin continued to have conversations with economists in the party uh, and uh, across the country who were making the case that this package would not increase inflation. And so they specifically scrubbed the bill and took out everything that they believed would increase inflation. So with those contours and that outline, let me now kick it to Alan to discuss a little bit more details on the uh, book minimum tax. Alan? Thanks, Aaron. So concerning the book tax proposal, uh, there's a lot of concern, and there was when this was proposed with part of Build Back Better, of having a tax that's not based on the rules from the Internal Revenue Code, but from the accounting standards boards. That's very much problematic because that is something that's very new and unique. Note that one of the principal reasons a company may pay a low tax yet have significant book income is timing differences, not anything nefarious, but the biggest timing difference being depreciation because the tax and accounting rules treat depreciation differently. The tax code provides a benefit to accelerate depreciation to courage investment, but there is no need for the financial accounting rules to provide such a benefit. So basing this tax on the accounting rules could cause large companies, especially manufacturers, to pay a significant additional tax, and they would lose the benefit of the precise incentive to invest that the tax code is trying to provide. Another problematic provision of the book proposal is that although it allows the use of financial losses to offset income, it only allows losses from the years ending after 2019 to be used. This is an issue for some companies as they have legitimate losses from years prior to 2020 that should be utilized. When these provisions were part of Build Back Better, there was some talk about modification, especially on the depreciation side. So perhaps these rules could be modified a bit over the next week or two. Um, as far as carried interest goes, which is part of the bill and mentioned by Aaron, 
this was something that Senate, Senator Sinema has objected to in the past. So we will see if that holds as well. And the final topic is SALT, where several members of Congress have said that they would not vote for this bill if it did not have SALT changes, and there are no SALT changes. But given the other benefits of the bill, will they change their minds? Two representatives, uh, Representatives Malinowski and Swazi, have already come out today and said that they would be willing to vote for the bill despite no SALT changes. Thanks, Aaron. Back to you. Thank you, Alan, for that analysis. So in terms of timing, uh, we expect the Senate to be holding a Votorama uh, as early as next week. Uh, we've been hearing dates they want to have this uh, potentially Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, that seems early, but it could go later in the next week. The House is officially out after passing the CHIPS bill. The Senate will be in until the end of next week, and that could be extended. Uh, politically, this would certainly give uh, one additional win to the Democrats, who also passed the CHIPS bill and have sent that to President Biden's desk for, for signature. So we expect to see a lot of amendments filed by a number of Republicans. There may be some Democrats who are who offer amendments, but we expect a lot of locking arms to, to get this passed uh, as quickly as possible. So thank you everyone for joining and look forward to additional updates next week. <laughs>